The other way to go is that you go towards imposter syndrome and you start doubting yourself and you think you are not good enough the way you are, that you are weird and that you're strange. And Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my amazing guest, Barbara. Barbara, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure, Michelle. We are already having so much fun. I'm looking forward to our talk today. <laughs> right? There's times when we're in the back room, in the green room, we're killing ourselves laughing. Going, I should probably be recording this. <laughs> so, but let's get everybody included on who you are and what you love to do. Well, Barbara, uh, my last name is Schouten, but don't worry if you cannot <laughs> pronounce luck. it. Because nobody outside of the Netherlands can pronounce it. And yes, I am Dutch. I'm not very good at being Dutch, but I am Dutch. Um, and I, <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> it means that I, I don't like the language. I don't like the people. I don't like the food. <laughs> I don't really like the country. So I'm, I'm not very good at being Dutch. That's what it means. But I was born here. So that makes you Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, we, we might be able to curb that after this whole, uh, <laughs> flight restriction thing is over with. Right, yeah. So I was in the process of moving to Italy when the whole thing hit the fan. And uh, yeah, I am hoping to be able to resume that anytime soon. <laughs> nice. Yeah, fingers crossed. <laughs> and uh, the rest of who I am is I, I call myself transformation guide and soul igniter. And what that means to me is that I help people get the life they want. That's the short version of it. And the longer version of that means that I help them take off the masks that they've been wearing and discover the beautiful person that they are underneath, that they always were, but just sort of lost sight of. That usually means that we also need to work on limiting beliefs or faulty autopilot programs or other blocks that are preventing uh, someone from really stepping into who they really are and embracing that and being proud of themselves. So that's the first step. The next step is that I help them get clear on um, well, who they are. That's the first one and what they want, what they stand for, what they believe in and what they're passionate about. And then I help them create a step-by-step -step action plan to turn that vision into their new reality. Nice. I love that. So let's back up the bus bit. And how did you get into all of this? Oh, yeah, that's, that's a long story. So I'll try to keep it short and interesting. Um, I was bullied and picked on a lot in school and I was also bullied at home and I always felt very different from everybody else and things people kept telling me were like oh, but you are far too sensitive and you really need to grow a thicker skin and don't take everything so personal or you really need to learn how to let things go and the combination of all those things made me feel like I wasn't good enough the way I am and that I needed to change. I tried so hard to be the person that I thought other people wanted me to be, to be a good daughter, to be a good girlfriend, to be a good uh, friend, to be a good student, to be a good employee. So I was people pleasing a lot. 
because I thought that that would make people like me or want to hang out with me or be friends with me or be in a relationship with me or hire me, you know, all those types of motivations. And that made it so that I never really knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. So I just kind of rolled into my job and from there I rolled into the next job and I rolled into the next job and I never really chose my future because I wasn't clear on who I am. And when you're not clear on who you are, it's really hard to choose something that fits you if you're not being yourself. So the combination of all of those things ended me up in a severe burnout. And in that time, my boss told me, yeah, but you are an HSP because my wife is an HSP and you're exactly like her. And then he moved on with the rest of his talk. And I remember thinking at that moment, are you calling me a name? Should I be offended? Are you disappointed in me? You know, HSP, it it didn't mean anything to me. If he had said highly sensitive person, because that's what it stands for. If he had used the words, then I could have at least done something with the words. But he said HSP and I, it, it stuck with me. So I decided to Google it. And then I discovered that it's highly sensitive person. I started reading all about high sensitivity and it felt like I came home to myself. I don't like labels. I don't like boxes. I hate them, actually. But finding out that I'm a highly sensitive person, among other things, because I'm much, much more than just that. But that was the first step into my road on self-discovery and and getting to know the real me. And it gave me so much knowledge and insight into who I actually am and why the world works for me the way it does. And it explained things about myself that I previously didn't understand. And I discovered that the way into a burnout for a highly sensitive person is completely different than for a non-highly sensitive person, but also the way out is completely different. And that started my first business where I combined acupuncture with coaching for highly sensitive people with a burnout or too much stress. That's uh, that's the start of the, the journey. Nice, I love that. Well, and it I can only but think that it had to have been a little more difficult being in the Netherlands, um, just because from my experience, and I could be totally wrong, Uh, As a nationality, they seem to be the kind of people that just kind of say things blatantly, which is great on one hand, um, because you know where people stand. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay, that's where we're doing this. That's awesome. But at first, it was a little jarring to me, and I can't imagine what it might have been like growing up in it. I would have thought that you'd been used to it, but being a highly sensitive person, I would think that that would exacerbate that everybody around you is just bleh. (laughs) Well... It's actually the opposite. Okay. Because I'm very direct and very honest. So I you tend to just blur things out. Just you don't beat around the bush. If you ask me, does this jigs look good? I say, no. Nope. You want the, on- <laughs> the honest answer? <laughs> That's what I loved tactful. about the Netherlands. It was just like, you could ask anyway, hey, how's your day going? It sucks. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Exactly. I loved it. It was great. And that is actually one of the things I really appreciate. But a lot of people are not like that. They they can say, oh, how was your day? It sucks. Then they can be blunt. But when it comes to things that really matter, they hide it. Uh 
So when somebody asks you how you are, I always thought that people are genuinely interested in how I am. So then I would answer how I was doing. And then you see that blank stare and that deer in the headlights expression like, oh, my God, this is much more than I wanted. Because most people ask it out of the form of politeness. And they, in general, only want to hear, I'm good. How are you? I'm good, too. And then move on to the next subject. But highly sensitive people, we don't like shallow talks. And when someone asks us how we are, we take that as a serious question and we give it thought. Mm -hmm. And then we answer honestly, because most of us are very honest and very direct. Mm -hmm. So while we do have that reputation, it's only in the shallow things that people are that direct. And when the things that really matter are a subject of discussion or conversation, then they tend to hide. Mm -hmm. And that hurts. That's yes, because then yeah, they're they're not upfront about it. what that would mean. For instance, is that I have friends, or I thought I had friends, and then all of a sudden they just fell off the face of the earth. Mm. No explanation, no nothing, and I would have preferred them coming out and saying, "You did this, and I don't like that," or "You said that, and it hurt my feelings," or you know whatever it was that was going on to make you sever all ties. For me, one moment until the next, in, in my experience, I tended to not understand why that was happening. Or and, and the other thing is that we then take it very personal. So I started thinking, what, what did I do? What did I say? And you never get an answer because then they're ghosting you or blocking you. And, and, and you have no clue because that is something a highly sensitive person would never do to another human being because it's hurtful. Right. And meanwhile, they just don't know how to have that conversation because they're angry, they're hurt, they're mad, they're whatever. And yes. the, and it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with their past. But of course, then that just makes it that much more emotional because now they don't know why they're directing all this emotion towards you, but they still can't have that conversation. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's... Human beings are <laughs> oddly complex <laughs> and entertaining. <laughs> so... So tell me more about kind of how you work with people and and what you're looking to achieve with them. Um, I don't think one size fits all. So what I tend to do is I customize what I do with people. I have written multiple online programs. So those are as custom as it gets, but they are based on the things that I see most with the people that I have had the privilege of working with in the past nine years. So it's based on experience and repetitive things that I keep on doing. Um, sometimes people step into my online program and I then combine it with either group coaching or one-on-one -on -one coaching to customize it more you can also follow it as a standalone program and then you have a group that you can ask questions in um, so that's the, the 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 low end part but my preference is working one-on-one -on -one with people and then we start with call it a discovery call or clarity call you know it, it doesn't really matter it's for me a session where we get to meet each other and see if we are a right fit if I feel that I can genuinely help you and if you feel that I can genuinely help you because for me that is very important and if I feel I cannot help you then I love to direct people to other people I know that might be a much better fit 
I don't believe in competition. I believe in just joining forces and I am not above pride to say, well, this is beyond my area of expertise. You need somebody else for this, <laughs> for instance. So we start with that. And then in that we get clear on where you are now, where you want to be. And, and we try to identify everything that's in the way of that. And that then becomes the blueprint for the time we spend together. Usually we start with a three-month package and then we also decide um, what is doable in three months. Sometimes people have a lot and that's too much for three months. And then we just say, well, our first milestone in for three months is this. And then we work towards that. And then sometimes they um, feel like, okay, because we tackled this, all the rest just fell away and it's manageable. Um, sometimes we need to do more work and then we do another three months with a new three month plan. Um, and I found out I'm a multi-potentialite, which means that I am interested in a lot of things. I am good in a lot of things. So I tend to have a lot of tools in my toolbox. And that means a lot of different therapy forms or, um, modalities that I can work with, energy work or um, deep subconscious work, mindset work. Um, and I love that I am able to customize what I do to people so that it actually gives them what they need. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. It does. So when you're working with people like the, the kind of vastness of which you can work with, I'm assuming is pretty much anybody that has issues and wants to kind of change your life, alter things and, and move yes. up. So, <clears throat> um, so two questions kind of, who do you love to serve in sport? Who's your absolute favorite kind of client? And what are typically some of the stumbling blocks that they'll have that they come to you for? Well, that's the thing that I've been thinking about a lot in these past years because it's high sensitivity. I didn't know I was high sensitive. So calling, saying I work with highly sensitive people, it's true, but most people don't recognize themselves in it. So, you know, from a marketing standpoint and to actually reach your ideal clients, it, it doesn't make sense. So what I've come to is that I enjoy working the most with people who identify as being the black sheep of the family or who identify with being a rebel, or who identify with being a trailblazer, or who identify with being weird, or strange, or different from most people, or people who feel like they are an alien dropped on this planet and have absolutely no clue where they came from. <laughs> I, re I recognize the familiar in that statement. <laughs> right? Yeah. Those are in general my, my absolute most favorite clients. And that's also usually the words that people rec recognize themselves better in than saying highly sensitive people or empath people or um, introverted, extrovert. But all of them are my kind of person, basically. Nice. Well, and I would think, um, and just to be able to help people who are listening to this self-identify, because... I, I would not have described myself as highly sensitive nor empathic, but I definitely would have in the rebel and the alien not fitting on the planet. <laughs> but, but I think I, I took that sensitivity and that understanding of where people are coming from and just kind of um, diminished everybody as in you're all idiots and you don't even know what you're thinking. <laughs> it's like, I know what you're thinking. How do you not know what you're thinking? And therefore... Yes. 
you know, all of a sudden at the ripe old age of 12, I had this huge superiority kick of the planet's not good enough for me. <laughs> That's one way to go indeed. And then you are actually fortunate because it means that you are still standing in your power and you still believe in yourself and you think that the rest of the world is the problem. Which, uh, in, it didn't in, work in, out in, so well for a while there. <laughs> I can imagine. But the other way to go is that you go towards imposter syndrome and you start doubting yourself and you think you are not good enough the way you are, that you are weird and that you're strange and that there's something wrong with you. If you talk about tumbling blocks, those are usually things that they are experiencing. Or you feel like, is this really all there is to life? You know, I should be happy. I, I, I have a good job. I have a relationship. They might have children. Um, they might have the white picket fence and a dog or something. Um, in all accounts, they have everything that everybody says you need to be happy, but they're not. Mm-hmm. And they feel like, you know, if, if this is really my life until I die, then I, shoot me now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think a lot of people in a weird sort of way, have woken up to that, especially during the two-year COVID pandemic tie-down thing, is that a lot of liberty had an opportunity to come about because they didn't have to go anywhere and didn't have to do anything. And now, okay, now I can do a lot of things differently or I'm forced to do things differently. Now I have to find out who I am. But I think a lot of people who are sensitive... um, became very depressed because they didn't have that um, that ability to be able to express the frustrations of what's going on. You can't just go outside and howl at the moon, um, proverbially or otherwise, that which they might have been able to do in a crowd and hidden. And now it's it's up front to them because now I want to go and howl at the moon, but there's there's no area I can go to do that. So talk to me about that, um, what your opinion of the overall state of kind of depression or Mm. um, frustration with the planet was, because I think it's a little deeper than just we all, you know, we couldn't get out, therefore we became, you know, a little depressed. It's more than that. If I take a good friend of mine as an example, he was always someone who went to bars and cafes to have a coffee, to read a newspaper. He needs to be among people, but he needs to be among people because otherwise he's confronted with himself and his own thoughts and his own shortcomings and he cannot handle that or he doesn't want to handle that. So he's basically constantly fleeing for himself, for his own thoughts. And I see that with a lot of people. And then when the pandemic hit, he couldn't flee anymore. And he was basically stuck at home with his own thoughts and he couldn't run from them. And that drove him nuts. And very, he became very, very depressed because all of a sudden he was forced to deal with a lot of shit that he had been running away from for at least 40 years. Mm. And that is what happening, what's happening with a lot of people. They are suddenly forced to deal with hidden emotions, hidden uh, blocks that come up, um, but also thoughts and not being to escape from them. That's also why we see an increase in suicides, in drinking, in drug use, because those were then the forms of fleeing. And when you cannot physically flee anymore, you flee by addiction. 
And that's also something that a lot of highly sensitive people are prone to, because when you don't learn how to handle your high sensitivity in a way that it's good for you, it can become overwhelming very quickly. And that can drain all of your energy. And when you are drained of your energy, then you also become depressed because you just don't have any energy left to be happy about stuff. So that is something I see a lot, but I also saw the other side that highly sensitive people actually became happier because all of a sudden um, they didn't have to go into work and be forced to work with coworkers and be in their energy with all of the, the noise and, and the stimuli and uh, all of that things. And they could work from the comfort of their own home in silence, maybe with uh, an aroma diffuser with nice smells or something and soft music that they like in the background and, and cr create this, this um, beneficial atmosphere for themselves. And they suddenly had time to go walking in nature every day, which they discovered they enjoyed tremendously. While before they didn't have time for that because they were in the car for anywhere between one and three hours to go back and forth to work. And then you only have 30 minutes as a lunch break, which isn't really enough to do any kind of letting go or replenishing your energy. So it could go both ways. You know, it, it could be really beneficial for some and for some, it was absolute hell, and their worst uh, scenario came to life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, in the kind of opening up of things, I think regardless of where somebody finds themselves in that euphoric state and then worried that they have to go back to work or in that depressed state and worried that, you know, it's going to stay this way, um, what is their best approach in? kind of working with you and being able to, how do they, what's that, the gateway, if you will, that what has to change in order for them to go, oh yeah, totally get it, Barbara, I need to go and work with you. In both cases, it is getting to know yourself really well. I call it getting to know your user manual. So discovering who are you at your core, really, and what makes you tick? What gives you energy? What drains your energy? What are your strengths? What are your weaknesses? Uh, and how can you keep your energy in balance? How can you protect yourself from taking over so many energies and emotions from other people? Uh, how can you let go of unwanted emotions, but also distinguishing between that was a lesson I needed to learn. Um, is this actually my emotion or am I feeling somebody else's emotions? Because as a highly sensitive person, that is possible and that often happens. But I always thought if I am feeling it, it's mine because I'm feeling it. And, and that's not true for a highly sensitive person. You can feel other people's emotions as if they are your own. So learning all of those things, learning what high sensitivity means for you, because every highly sensitive person is unique. Everybody I've had the privilege of working with, I had things in common with and things were very different because everybody is still a very unique individual. And if you find out what works for you and what doesn't work for you, then you can work with that. Then if you know that you need more quiet, you can go to your boss and ask for your own office or you buy noise canceling headphones to create the nice atmosphere in, in what you hear. Uh, maybe put more plants around your desk. There are various ways of making your workspace better suited to you. But 
I also see a lot of people working jobs that don't utilize their talents, that only bring in money because they need to pay the bills. And in the Netherlands, for instance, that's also what you're being pushed to. It's not about finding the job for you. It's about finding a job so that you're not unemployed, so that you can pay the will, the bills. It's general consensus that working isn't supposed to be fun. It's supposed to pay the bills. And that is a huge energy drainer also. So if you know yourself a lot better, then it becomes a lot easier to choose a job with co-workers that are on your same level with a boss and a company that has the same morals and values as you or the same core values um, so that it speaks to you. A boss that recognizes your talents and gives you work to do that utilizes your talents so that you feel like you're making a useful contrib contribution to your day-to-day -day job instead of just being um, a factory worker or just doing things because they have to be done and not because you enjoy doing them. Does that make Absolutely. sense? Absolutely. It does. So give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories of one of your clients. I had a client when she came to me, we were meeting in a park and it, it started already with that she, she was late. And when she came in, she asked me, is it okay that I parked the car right outside? And you have to know this is a park where only pedestrians are allowed. <laughs> so I, I, I know I was I didn't really know Did how she to run over people as she parked there. I, I, I told you, you, you have you parked the car outside. <laughs> is this this really? <laughs> and I don't know how she managed it, but she rode bicycle paths and she managed to bypass a roadblock obstacle and get the car in the park. So. <laughs> I was already, you know, stunned into <laughs> silence. <laughs> Can I park It's super there? resourceful, though. It's like, I have to get there. I will get there. <laughs> like, yes, okay. but that shows how one-track mind you have and how oblivious you are to all the signs that cars are forbidden. <laughs> That's awesome. So, and then uh, she, she came in and then she told me, you are my last hope. Aww. I am on the verge of giving up. I am sick and tired of always feeling sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of always running into the same old shit with the same old results, getting treated by people like I am a doormat, um, people just not valuing me, uh, always the same types of situations over and over again. And no matter what I try, no matter what I did, no matter I've had so many different therapies, you, you know, it's, it's not funny anymore. And I'm, I'm, I'm at my wit's end. This is, you know, you're my last hope. If this doesn't work, then I seriously, I don't know what I'll do, but I don't think it's something positive. And that was very confronting. And I thought, well, wow, that's, that's serious. And I know she's not the only one with feelings like that. I've had many clients with feelings like that, but she was the first one. And I started talking with her and she felt understood and heard for the first time when we started speaking and she decided, yes, I want to work with you. And we started working. And the other thing that I remember like it's yesterday was the third session we had together. Uh, when we, I, when I have meetings in person, I, I coach in the woods. 
So we had met in a beautiful parking area near a wooded area where I wanted to take her for a walk. And she was jumping from one foot to the other, like a child that, you know, really wants to share something, but has to wait its turn. <laughs> and that energy is very, so um, it, it sparks something in you, but it was also completely different from the burned out, energyless, lifeless person that I met only a couple of weeks earlier. And, and she was rubbing her hands and she had this huge smile and she said, oh, I've been so looking forward to this session with you because I have so many wonderful things I want to share. You're the only person that understands. Oh. I want to tell you, I want to tell you. And I was like, go ahead, go ahead. You know, I'm, I, I cannot wait. And she said, you'll never guess what I did. I said, probably not, but I'm hoping you will share it with me. She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the first thing I did, I wore two different colored socks to work the entire <laughs> Nobody noticed and I felt so powerful. Oh my God, that's so cute. <laughs> and I had to laugh and I said, you go girl, I love it. You know, because right? it's so different from how she came to me. And it's, it shows that she was in touch with her inner child again. I love it. And she said, and you know what else I did? You know what else I did? And I said, no, 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 tell me, tell me. <laughs> and she said, this Sunday, I went for a very long walk in the woods and I kicked every leaf I could find and it was full. <laughs> so there were a lot of leaves. And she said, I kicked them all. I kicked all the leaves and I kept kicking and kicking and kicking. And you know, it felt so wonderful. Nice. Oh my God, that's adorable. Right. How wonderful is that? That, that? that the third time we were meeting, that was how she was presenting herself to me. While before she was, like I said, drained, tired, um, worn out, uh, at the end of her rope, um, basically not wanting to live. And then you have this, this vibrant, childlike energy, um, you know, that signifies joy of life and will to live absolutely uh, absolutely and then somebody listening to this might go well that's super trivial to <laughs> wear two different sides but it's not that is the absolute foundation of being able to take on a world because there's no doubt in my mind she was extremely competent and capable in her work but if there wasn't that creativity that vibrance that liberation of of self then you your work is dead and, and your creativity, the things that you bring to life are dead. And when you can bring that excitement, it reminds me of my niece bought me a, a fridge magnet that said, give the girl the right tiara and she can take on the world. <laughs> like, yes, yes. you're making tiaras a fashion statement again. And I, I just, I love, I, I love that because now she can take that thing that she's really competent at and make it hers and bring it out to the world and have fun taking it out into the world. Exactly. That is awesome. She was basically just going through the motions of life. It, the, her work was not giving her any satisfaction. She said, the only good thing in my life is my husband. And that's also the only reason why I haven't killed myself already. Aww. And the rest, you know, she constantly had the same problems with friends that you think you have friends and you do everything for them. You're always there for them. And then the moment shit hits your fan and you need a friend, nobody's home. Aww. That happens to a lot of highly sensitive people and also in her work, you know, they keep adding work because we are in general very fast with the tasks that we are doing because we have very 
keen mind that sees connections really fast and that also has a, a big solvability capability. Um, so she get more work and more work and more work until you feel like you're drowning and buried in work, but never any recognition or validation, not, never uh, an attaboy or uh, a, a flowers or something, or just uh, your boss saying, you know, I loved what you did on this last project, keep up the good work, something like that. And, and highly sensitive people, we need that, like we need to breathe. We need to feel like we are making a difference, like what we do actually matters. And like we are being valued by our boss, by our friends, by the people in our lives. And when that doesn't happen, when there's only one person left and the rest of your life is just shit, mm. for a lack of a better word, then that slowly kills you. Absolutely. So, Barbara, you've been absolutely amazing and in-depth and insightful, and I know that our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start their journey with you? Well, the first thing you can do is either check out my YouTube channel or my podcast if you want to know more about my thinking, my speaking, my being, <laughs> uh, and get to know me a little bit better. Um, everything I do, you can find on the HSP Coach Barbara. Um, or you can just go to my website, read my blogs, and I offer everybody that wants to get in touch with me a free coffee chat, a virtual coffee chat of 30 minutes with no obligations and also no selling, just a heart-to-heart -heart talk and see if we are a good match. So yeah, there's really no downsides to just reaching out and, and either checking me out or actually booking a virtual coffee with me. I, I promise you will have fun. <laughs> Nice. What's your website again? And we will have it in the show notes for everybody, of course. It's hspcoachbarbara.com. Nice. Love that. Awesome. Again, Barbara, you've been amazing. Love it. I have to ask you before we let you go, at what point in life did you know that you were especially kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Uh, when I thought my life had ended by ending up in the burnout and then discovering that that was actually the start of my real life. <laughs> nice. Love that. Any last words for our peeps? No, just have as much fun as possible. I feel that fun is the essence of life. And if you are not having any fun in your life at all, or are experiencing too little fun, then please just come and talk with me. So you'll at least have a half hour of fun when we talk and maybe even more after that. Wonderful. I love it. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. If you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show, if you have a question or topic you'd like me to discuss, reach out to me at michelle at awarenessstrategies.com or connect with me on LinkedIn or Facebook. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.